Welcome to the Staples Connect Podcast Recording Studio. You're listening to Be Happy, Be Heard, produced by the Law Lapidus Company. Happiness is everywhere, but sometimes we all need a little help finding it. Our guest today is Paul Castagno. Paul Castagno is the founder and owner of Revolution Martial Fitness. He is a multi-style martial artist, classical pianist, TED speaker, anti-bullying educator, and mentor to both kids and adults. I can't believe, Paul, after all these years. <laughs> it's been a long you time. You are back. Yeah. And better than ever. Well, thank you. Oh, appreciate my that. goodness. And the martial artist, watch out now for our listeners who are doing martial arts. This is the man <laughs> to be known and working with. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how your studio's going. You've owned this studio for, uh, what, 13 years now? More, 16. 16. We're going on 16 years now. Yeah, I can't even believe it, actually. It feels like. So I was 23 when I started. Which was just wow. I was just crazy enough to to want to do that thing. Um, the schools, uh, you know, all, all things considered, doing really well. I mean, you know, we survived a pandemic, which mm. is pretty huge, you know. But I'd like to think that one of the reasons we survived the pandemic was because of the reputation that we built in the community over that, you know, over all the time that we've Absolutely. been around. Yeah, for for sure. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, it definitely hit us hard. It was a, a few scary moments in the middle of the pandemic where we were kind of like unsure. We were like, well, you know, like we'll, we'll see how this goes. Mm. But you know, we, I'm not the kind of person to just lie down and, you know, take, take my, take my beating. So, um, no pun intended, of course. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, was like, all right, let's try to shift. Let's try to adapt. Let's try new things. Let's find out what people want. Let's try to keep people engaged. And we tried everything. We transitioned on Zoom. We filmed classes online. Like, you know, we limited class sizes when we come back. But, uh, you know, all in all, it, you know, the, the community showed us that they want us around and they supported us and they kept us going. And, uh, you know, we're, we're back on the up. And, and your studio is a is unique. Your style is kind of a, a mix and I, a, 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 an amalgamation of different styles. Yeah. I, about that. Yeah. I think, yeah, the uniqueness I think comes both from the curriculum, like what we teach, but I, as far as physical skills, but I think that it, where it really stands out is the way that we teach the students how the martial arts actually applies to the other areas of their life. Um, you know, when I really think about self-defense as um, a concept, like most people think about self-defense and they think defense against physical attacker, right? And I, I think about self-defense as defense against anything that could harm you. Mm. So apathy, sedentary lifestyle, like poor diet, you know, um, things like that, like lack of resiliency, like those things arguably are more harmful than, you know, punches and kicks and mm -hmm. things like that. And honestly, like those are the stuff that people are going to deal with every day. I can see that totally. And my kids who are now all grown up, I mean, studied with you for years and years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know that was Pretty one much. of their favorite moments. And one of mine, honestly, as a parent looking on, to have that little circle, it looked like a little village, a little tribe, yeah, right, yeah. at the end of the class, to really talk about philosophy and psychology and humanity. And, you know, with six-year-olds, with seven-year-olds, yeah. right? Well, what, you what are your, I don't want to put you on the spot, but no, what, sure. what was a favorite lesson of yours that you taught oh, or a favorite morality tale that you shared 
that you said, wow, that was great. I'm glad I thought of that. Well, you know, the, the one saying we have in the school, which we, we say a lot, is this challenge will make me stronger. And we mm-hmm. say that all the time within the school. We have the kids say it back to us. We, you know, and we try to use either examples in class or I'll use examples from my own life where I, you know, we're, we're trying to show them like how that lesson applies really. Yes. And so, and then when we tell them is like, you get to practice that on the mat. Every time you have a challenge on the mat, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to get stronger. And then that helps you really um, solidify that mindset for the other areas of your life when you're going Fantastic. through challenges. Do you ever, do you ever get kids or adults? Cause I know you work with adults as well who don't get that. Like they just struggle with that almost more than the than the physicality itself, they're struggling with the mindset as uh, well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that martial arts, in my opinion, it just has a way, it's the nature of the training, it has a way of finding the thing that you're the most insecure about. Mm-hmm. And it makes you face it. Okay. And the way I look at my job, like my responsibility, is to create a place that's supportive that allows people to face those different parts of themselves, mm-hmm. right? And they know that they're in a safe space to do that. Because martial arts training is hard. I mean, really doing anything new is hard, but the combative nature of martial arts, the way it really, um, you know, makes you tune into your body, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of parts of the personality that it taps into. And uh, it, some people do struggle with it. Um, but we know that. And we know that that's actually the value of the training, right? Mm -hmm. Is that it wouldn't be valuable if it was easy. So we kind of like that that's what it does. And that's why we try to create that really supportive place. Okay. So I was talking to a colleague of mine who's also a coach and we were laughing so hard. I'm going to ask you this question because we were discussing this. Yeah. We say, honestly, Mm -hmm. not as a joke, honestly, we spend at our studios, at our prospective studios, in acting and voiceover, we spend most of our day doing therapy. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I don't yeah. mean we're therapists, and I don't mean we're set out to do therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean the effects of what we do can be heightened therapeutic effects mm-hmm. in people's lives. Yeah, I call it math therapy. Right? Yeah, or pad therapy or bag therapy, okay. I mean, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it really is. So how much of your day do you think you're doing therapy with your people um, where they're, they're going to walk in your studio one way and they're going to walk out a changed person. That's every day. It's every class. I mean, it's all the time. How's that I make mean, you it's, feel? It's great. I mean, it's a, it's definitely, um, I didn't realize that at first when I first started my school, I mean, being like a 23 year old kid and just being yeah. like, Oh, I just want to like do this martial arts thing and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take me too long to realize that the, my role teaching was going to be a lot more broad, right? As and life changing. Like, yeah, life changing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, you know, it was one of those things that that was kind of eye opening to me. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm in this position, so I and I have this responsibility, so I guess I got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized that the. Also, the only way that I was really going to help any of those students become a better version of themselves was to try to be the best version of myself possible. I love too. that. So, so the modeling, you were aware of the modeling that you were doing, yeah. that role modeling that you were doing every time you stepped in front of mm-hmm. your people, whatever age they mm-hmm. are. So do you consider yourself an actor? 
Uh, you know, I, ne- I never thought about it that way. Um, and I, but I can, you are. I, yeah, I guess I am. And it, but it, it almost feels so natural because I've been doing it for so long that it doesn't necessarily feel like acting. Right. But in a way, I mean, there's times like I don't always step on the mat in the best mood mm-hmm. to teach. And that's just natural. That's being human. Right. But what I have learned how to do is compartmentalize that a little bit and understand that I actually have a responsibility to the people that I step on the mat with. And it's actually really helpful for me too, which is that when I step on the mat, we have an instructor creed and everything, and I say it to myself before I step on the mat. It helps me kind of leave everything at the door and really get into, you know, Sensei Paul zone. And and when I do that, it actually makes me feel a lot better too. So it's it's a win-win all around, so it's right? A, it's, a, it's a really positive manipulation of your mindset. Yeah. For sure. As that performer, if you will, that athlete, that performer, that have to. artist, yeah. um, that allows you to morph through your own process, your own session, your own totally. relationship to your clients that changes you. Right? Totally. Yeah. And then when I leave and then when I get done, it only has a positive effect on me. So it makes you happy. This is totally. the thing yeah. that makes you happy. Yeah. It right? totally this is your happy, happy factor. Yeah, this is my, yeah, I, I feel really lucky to get so much joy out of what I'm doing. Has sure. there been anyone um, that comes to your mind that you really just powerhouse changed their life in a major way that came to you and said, this is what you did for me? You know, yeah. I mean, it's almost hard to pick one, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I mean. Um, <laughs> I'm waving. I know you're waving. Yeah. Kids, I'm waving. Yeah. Changed I mean, my kids' work, lives Yeah, working with, sure. your, with your kids has been, was amazing. I mean, even just talking to Ari the other day and, and having her uh, tell me what impact martial arts had on her. And, and it's pretty amazing. And sometimes you don't always know. Like sometimes students leave your school and you, and you go, well, I hope I had an impact on them. Mm-hmm. And then, and in, in it's the case has been the case multiple times. Is I'll get an email maybe five years after they've left the school, and they'll just be thanking me for all of the, you know, positive um, uh, things they got out of the training, and it just like melts my heart. And I, you know, keep it in a little, you know, email box, and I go yeah. back to it on my, oh my on my tough days. But it's yeah, I mean, I, I get that stuff all the time, and I I do my best not to take it for granted. I just take a deep breath and just kind of smile, and I accept it with a lot of gratitude, um, because. You know, they, they allowed me to be part of the village, really. And that's kind of how I think about it. Like, I'm part of the village. And so I know a lot of people say they like, oh, well, you changed my kid's life. And I'm like, well, yes, thank you. I, I hope I did. But I'm really just here as part of the village, and I think we did it together. Mm. So thanks for letting me be a part of that. What are, what are the three top items that you think of from your, from your structural classwork that you do, the discipline the craft, the process, mm-hmm. that are habitual takeaways that your folks take away to help them with their success in their life. I know there's many more than three. What yeah. are the first three that come to your mind that we need to know about and practice every day in our lives, yes. whether we're doing martial arts or we're not? What do we need to learn from this? So I think the first one is you got to learn how to be a beginner. Right. And I think that is I'm, I'm learning it now with you, uh, mm. you know, doing some of the, the voiceover stuff is that you have to learn how to be bad at something mm-hmm. in order to be good at something. And that can be really challenging for people when they come in is 
a lot of people come in with this expectation of how they'll do, right? And a lot of times it's either way too low where they don't think they're going to do really well at all. And so they defeat themselves before they start or their ego is a little bit too elevated and then they get humbled very quickly. Delusions of grandeur. Exactly. They think they're just going to kick butt, you know, and it's going to be easy for them. Maybe they were an athlete in other areas Mm -hmm. when they came in. So like, I got this. And they find out very quickly that it's not as easy as they thought. And then they got to face that. So I think that's super valuable. Um, I think that uh, learning how to embrace discomfort is super valuable. Mm. Like it's almost like a daily force discomfort from the training and not in any way that's traumatic or injurious or anything like that. Right. It might be physical. It might be mental. Often, often it's a combination of both, but there's a little bit of discomfort that's inherent in the training and it should be um, because that's how you grow. Right. I mean, there's all those kind of cliche sayings like pressure makes diamonds and all that stuff. Right. So, um, but when you do that, when you go through that kind of daily discomfort, so to speak, you remind yourself how resilient you are and how capable you are. And all the other challenges of life don't seem so daunting. And so you think minor challenges you take with a lot more grace and patience and major challenges you they just don't seem insurmountable to you. Like, you Mm. know, you can tap into your warrior spirit, so to speak, and like buckle down and dig in because you've been doing it every day on the map. You've been sharpening that sword, so to speak. So do you think it's really helping people put their everyday situations and scenarios into a more real perspective for them? Yeah. Rather than a heightened emotional framework and then reacting to that framework. Yeah. It gives them... It seems to give them more choice. Yeah. And it, and kind of going into the third one, which is it also allows you to stay calm under pressure. Right? And that's part of the kind of the forced discomfort. We need that as performers totally. all the time, right? Yeah. All the time. I mean, when you have, and it really, um, and kind of along with that, it makes you accept reality of what's in front of you mm-hmm. and having to deal with it directly yeah. and in a smart way. I mean, if even if you think about something like, you know, somebody's pinning you down on the ground, right? Let's say somebody, you know, you're on the ground, somebody's sitting down on top of you, they're pinning you down, and you want to escape, right? You have to be fully present in that moment. You can't be thinking about, oh, well, how did I get on the ground? What happened? How can you, could you have stopped it? It doesn't matter. You're there. And the only thing you can do now is address it, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and address it the best way that you know how. But the only way to do that is to take a deep breath, stay calm, objectively assess the situation, and then take the best action that you can, right? And that, again, part of that, uh, everything else, that daily practice teaches you to do that. And that's exactly what we're working on as performers and speakers and communicators every day is how do we how do we not just command presence of our audience, but how do we be present? How do we assume the full uh, uh, conscience, if you will, of my environment, my surroundings, my people that are with me, or if I'm not with people, you know, who or what is with me? How do I regard that in a fuller, more detailed more luxurious way. Yeah. Rather than sure. running from thing to thing, right? Or yeah. always multitasking and multi-tracking. Mm-hmm. 
how do how do I do that? That's that's one of the areas we work with on clients all the time right. is how do I be present? That's yeah. exactly what that's you it. teach. Yeah, it, it just a lot. It's just another space for people to practice that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the only place you can do it, but I think having multiple areas in your life where you're doing that, um, I think is is I mean, at least I have found it to be extremely valuable. So where are you going next? What's happening next for you? What's oh, the big thing coming up this year <laughs> that you want to be well, working on? Well, uh, a couple things. I mean, if I'm talking, if I'm specifically talking about the school, we are definitely emerging from this pandemic uh, as like uh, Revolution Martial Fitness 2.0, which is the name of the school, obviously. Um, So we really, you know, it it feels almost like a a phoenix rising from the ashes, so to speak. And so we, you know, we, like I said, we took a big hit, um, but we really want to put a lot of emphasis on developing our youth leaders at the school and making them the focal point Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. of what we do. Um, And then spreading our community impact. We've always been uh, pretty good about giving back to the community and we want to expand what we're doing in the community to show basically to show the community how we take the values of the martial arts out of the dojo and into the world. Perfect. So that's from the school um, thing. That's what's happening. And then from the personal side, you kind of already know that, you know, I'm just starting to do, I did my first voiceover uh, thing today. Phenomenal. Oh, well, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wait, what do you say in your studio? This challenge challenge will make me stronger. It will make you stronger. I said that about 900 times while we were doing our whole thing. If it does not break you, right? (laughs) You don't go running, screaming through the walls. It's going to make you stronger. But you know, it's, you know, I'll be saying, I will say is that doing it is a good opportunity for me to be, to be like, quote unquote, a white belt again. Right. As yeah. I always think about that, like I want to be a white belt again in something. It doesn't have to be a martial art. You know, like that's something. interesting you say that because Sam, who's off to the side here, my fabulous uh, left hand gal for today. She's on the left side of me. Um, we were uh, I was hosting um, an audio book workshop at the studio the other night. And one of my amazing talents, Mo Egan, totally amazing voiceover talent. He's been working for over 20 years at this, making a career, said, you know, I have to go back to the beginning. I'm taking beginner level classes now. I have to go back to the roots. See what the changes are. Yeah. See what I missed. See what I'm really great at again. I have to re have another look at that. And I think that there's something not only humbling about yes. that experience and a, and a little bit uh, disconcerting and uncomfortable, but there's also something very freeing that you don't have to be the expert in the room. Yes. And I find when I go to a seminar, not from my studio, I go to a webinar, I go to an occasion where I'm not the facilitator, I'm not the teacher, it's so relaxing. Totally. I get to learn. I get to not have to lead. I get to not have to, you know, be the one in charge. And you're always in charge. Yeah. The buck stops here with yeah, you. That is true. your dojo, your studio. But it's nice to go back to the foundations. I mean, in and... And, remi- and again, remind yourself what it's like to be a beginner, right? Because wow. at least it, from a teaching perspective, it helps me be more compassionate to the beginning students, right? Because I think sometimes you can take a lot of your abilities for granted. And mm-hmm. when you're teaching beginners, you can sometimes forget the okay. process that it takes, yes. you know, like yes. things like that. And it keeps the foundation strong. I think that, you know, you can, a lot of times we develop a really great foundation in what we do and then mm-hmm. we take it to dizzying heights mm. right and then 
we don't maintain the foundation mm-hmm. and everything we've built on top of it starts to become a little shaky. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be becoming a beginner in what, you know, kind of what you're already doing or starting something totally new, it's a good way to keep that foundation strong. Have you ever had one of those moments where you go back to that basic and you've been teaching it for how many years and you think, oh, oh wow, okay, so that's what it should be. So I've been teaching it that way for mm-hmm. 21 years. Yeah. I sort of morphed it. I put my own spin on yes. it without realizing it. Totally. That that's not the organic structure of it to begin with. Um, and that's that's a funny thought to have. Yeah. You know, totally. It's like the performer that goes on, uh, you know, doing Shakespeare or, or whatever for a whole season, and then at the end comes off on the last performance and says, "Oh, I think I hit it. I think that's what the director wants." Yeah. And it's over. Yeah. Okay, so it's like, is there ever? Uh, you're never finished with never your finished. professional yeah. development and your growth. Yeah, and even at the beginner level, I mean, I think that at the at those basic levels, like I I, I tell my students all the time, like I'm never beyond the basics, right? Like I have to, I can't let my ego get out of control where I feel like I'm beyond practicing something specific. And mm. I've had times where I've practiced something that I've done hundreds of thousands of times, right, in my career. But I'll do it with a new coach or it'll be explained to me a new way or I'll just be practicing it and I'll kind of have this epiphany. And so either my technique all of a sudden becomes better in that moment or I find another way or strategy to teach my students how to become better at it. Right, right? you found a new angle. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think um, there's a saying, I I can't remember where it comes from, but it basically, I want to say it's a a Buddhist saying, but forgive me if I'm off there. Um, But it's that you never cross the same river twice. And so essentially what it is is that you know, even if it is the same river, uh, that you are never in the same place mentally when you that is so cross true. that river, right? Yes. So so whenever you do something, you can say, oh, I've done that before, I've done that before. Right. Yeah, but you might be at a different place in your life and your mind might be in a different, mm. you know, or you might, you know, or, or you might have had a, a range of experiences that make you look at that thing differently and all of a sudden you learn something new. You're meeting that moment with a different so, mindset. Exactly. A different frame of reference where you are in your life. I love that. So what can you leave us on? What's a great mantra, an affirmation, something we should hang on the fridge, Paul, that we can look at every day and know that that, that's a truth? Can I give you two? Yeah. Can I give you two? Because I got two and I can't choose. Yes, of course. All right. So uh, the first one would be uh, you're much stronger than you think you are. Okay. Love that, yes. And the other one uh, that I have been thinking about is the people who succeed are not the people who don't fail. They're the people who fail but refuse to quit. Mm, I love that. <laughs> that goes along with the failure mm. is an uh, opportunity or a challenge, to yeah. begin again more intelligently, yeah. right? just said this i feel like it was thomas edison had a thousand inventions that were all failures before the first success yeah yeah i have to look that up make sure i'm quoting that correctly but that blew my mind that's exactly what you're saying it's Mm -hmm. it's that essence that little nugget that fire in the belly Mm -hmm. that keeps us going and keeps us successful 100 percent. it's been awesome talking to you yeah thank you it's been great i really do anytime Paul has always been an inspiration. I mean, I've known him for years, and he, you know what's interesting about Paul? 
he looks exactly the same. He's like the same <laughs> exact person. I must have known him when he was 23 no, I, or 24. You've talked about him for as long as I've been in part of the studio, and it's finally nice to meet him. He's and got an old soul. He's got an old he's soul. Very, yeah, he's very, very cool. I like him. Um, the first, This is the first time I've met him. He looks like he's 12. He does. Yes. He, he looks, and he doesn't change. He looks, he's one of those people that you can meet him 10 years later. He looks and sounds exactly the same. <laughs> it's annoying because I'm changing, but he's right. not, and I don't understand. But how brilliant. I mean, really, yeah. if you head up, a, especially a martial arts studio, to have that level of knowledge and soulful understanding. Oh, I know. For, for, for ch especially children, working with children and changing their lives, you know? There's so many lessons to learn. He's a, he's a wonderful guy. I mean, just wonderful. listening to him, I mean, he's the type of person that you could listen to for hours mm -hmm. on end. It's all that philosophical. Yeah, he's I pretty brilliant say, when it comes training. to that. He, he's, he's very third-eyed, which is yeah. interesting to hear. And I learned that going back to basics is not only helpful and a great thing to do, but necessary to do, to checks and balance what you're doing, what you're teaching, what you're practicing, but also to humble you exactly a little bit as a person in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We want to be great, but we don't want to feel like we're that great, that right. we don't have place to go and to expand and to learn right. and to I mean, reflect. He has, he has a lot of, lot of students walk through his door and everyone's path is always going to be the same, but everyone's journey is going to be different once they walk in. So I don't know. It, it always feels that way with um, martial arts and their instructors. Mm. And it's always refreshing to hear somebody say uh, something about always being a beginner too. Yes. You know, and I loved hearing that. It's because, refreshing. Yeah, because I I strongly believe that we're always learning, no matter what, and that you have to put the ego aside mm. all the time. And it was so refreshing to hear that, you know, from him. And I, I'll always remember from Paul, I like to put on my refrigerator that basically challenges are not going to break me. They're not going to kill me. They're going to do exactly what they're meant to do, challenge me. Yeah. But we can move through it. We're not going to be breakable the way we think we may be. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You have been listening to our Radio Play Production Performance and Educational Collaborative created and produced by Lollapitas Company, recorded at the beautiful Staples Connect studio outside of Boston. If you're interested in learning about radio play production and performance, let us know by emailing us at lollapitascompany at gmail.com or check out our website at lollapitascompany.com. This unique and popular offering is available all online. You've been listening to Be Happy, Be Heard, produced by the Law Lapita Studio at the Staples Connect Podcast Recording Studio. Oh, this voiceover booth gets really lonely. No one to talk to but myself. I need somebody to laugh at my jokes and have some colorful banter with. I mean, maybe we could get a sidekick or a windman or some sort of wingman or something or, or co-host. I mean, not a henchman. I mean, that would be for, you know, evil people or something. But can we get somebody in here with me? You know, is that in the budget? Does your child need to get bigger and stronger for athletics? Here at Athletist, we help you meet your strength and conditioning goals by creating and implementing individualized fitness and nutrition programs based on your unique structure, body composition, and flexibility, as well as time constraints. Contact us at athletist.com. That's A-T-H-L-E-T-I-S-T.com. 
Speaking is the art that illustrates our stories, expands our imaginations, and touches our souls. Whether you're listening to your favorite podcast, settling into a cozy documentary, or hearing about the next hit movie for the very first time, your experience should be a journey. Voices by Vlad will take you there. We'll create your script, have your vision mixed, mastered, and brought to life, all within 24 hours. You choose the dream, and let Vlad worry about the speaking. Voices by Vlad, speaking to your soul. Do you hate your speaking voice? Are you terrified to speak in public? Do you dread Zoom calls and presentations? Hi, this is Candy O, and all I have to say is, I've got you. I've spent my entire career using my voice to earn a living, and now I'm sharing those skills with you in my new podcast series, The Speaker Coach. Listen now at CandyOTerry.com or on your favorite podcast platform. No matter how you sound, I can make you sound better. I was walking along the dusty internet. I was looking for something I didn't know yet. When along came law, she took me by the hand. She said, girl, come with me. I'll help you understand. I opened my eyes to quite a sight. You might just say I saw the light I felt my engine moving full steam ahead Read the sign, here's what it said She's got voice over acting Modeling, broadcasting Improv coaching Classes, podcasting Workshops, showcases You're gonna go places Warm and loving, happy faces Then I knew that I could fly Spread my wings right up to the sky Feel the sun wind at my back Look out world, I'm on the right track She's got demos, recording, technical supporting Auditions, ambitions, free your inhibitions Profile your style, show off your smile Confidence and radiance, you gotta take a chance She's got everything, man She's got everything She'll help you do your thing, man Lollipedes will be your wingman Lollipedes will be your wingman